Welcome to Tractionville, a podcast for companies running on EOS. I'm your host, Chris White, along with Benj Miller. And today's guest is Mark Winners, certified implementer, author of Rocket Fuel. And Mark, welcome to Tractionville. Thanks a lot, Chris. Great to be here. Mark, I just warned you that I'm here to ask the tough questions, and I think all of Tractionville <laughs> really wants to know the story behind the crazy shirts that you wear on your videos on YouTube. Crazy shirts. Binge, I can't believe that you think those are crazy shirts. <laughs> I go to great lengths to try to choose the most uh, you know, conservative, broadly appealing <laughs> shirts in my closet. Okay, Tractionville, if you haven't seen any of Mark's videos, go to rocketfuelnow.com, go to YouTube, and search Mark, and you're going to see what Benj is talking about. <laughs> Mark, we, um, I was on a conversation with uh, a friend the other day, and they said, when, when I read Rocket Fuel, it created a longing that I didn't know I had, like, mm. like I was missing a puzzle piece. It was like, you know, mm. you hear about those light bulb moments, but he actually had a longing that was created to find that. I want to go back to a little bit of your Genesis story. How did you uh, get involved um, and go so deep on this visionary integrator pair? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I started EOS about gosh, eight, eight years ago now. I was doing doing the math as we kind of got, we're getting ready for this conversation. And, uh, you know, early on when I met Gino, you know, we sort of became fast friends and had lots of uh, things in common from our, from our history. Uh, you know, it's interesting. A lot of the EOS implementers have a lot of common patterns in their past. And you know, he, he had thrown out the idea of, uh, Hey, maybe I'm going to write a book on this visionary integrator thing. And I sort of threw my hat in the ring to be part of the project and we dove in and, uh, you know, from my own experience in companies that I operated long before I became a, an EOS implementer, and then through the experience of, of my clients implementing EOS and sort of watching that dynamic, it really jumped out as, uh, you know, one of, if not the most powerful uh, dynamic in the whole process, because companies that could get that piece right, they just play on a whole different level than companies that don't. And uh, so that led us to this journey of really, like you said, diving deep and trying to to pull it apart and ultimately come up with, you know, what we call our five tools and, and five rules for, for making that relationship work. The book has, has made such an impact, you know, internally, right. With the EOS community. And I'm curious, what's the impact, what's the impact been outside of the EOS community? Yeah, really interesting, Chris. So, you know, we, we knew, uh, that anything we did was going to be perfectly aligned with everything EOS, meaning, uh, you know, it, it, it just designed and, and fits together hand in glove with, with all the structure and all the tools and all the process that we use in our EOS world. But we also wanted to sort of leave the door open for some entrepreneur out there mm -hmm. or some potential integrator out there that's never heard of EOS. We didn't want them to feel like, gosh, if, if I've never heard of EOS, I'm somehow, you know, this doesn't apply to me. And what we found was people would, uh, particularly visionaries, although it's actually both sides of the equation, but a lot of visionaries, they would somehow get the book. And then, of course, they read the first chapter, and it's all about them, and they love that, right? So here's a chapter that's all about me. This is, must be a great book. So they read that, and then they, then, they, then they read the second chapter, 
and they go, wow, that's really interesting. Integrator, yeah, that, that seems like that could help me. And that leads them to sort of ask the question, you know, great, where do I get one? How do I make this happen? And so we've found a, a good number of folks that have been brought into the EOS community uh, just trying to solve the puzzle, trying to answer the question of how do I how do I get together with an integrator? And then ultimately, how do we you know, use our powerful duo, if you will, to you know, make our company rise to the next level? So you mentioned the five rules and five tools for the people that haven't read the book. Take us through those. Yeah, so so the, the five rules, just, just real briefly here. So, you know, number one is stay on the same page. Uh, and that's all about getting the visioner and the integrator both on the same page and, uh, you know, making sure that they stay there, which requires, you know, maybe not surprisingly, a lot of discipline, right? Uh, because the visionary is wanting to fire off in lots of different directions. And, uh, you know, the integrator is really there to kind of bring them back and, and make sure that they, you uh, you know, that they, they stay focused and that they stay committed to whatever it is, the vision that they've, they've cooked up together. And, uh, you know, so we've got, a, we've got a, a tool and a discipline that we use to help make sure that that happens. So that's number one. Number two is no end runs. And that's really about uh, letting the integrator in particular do their job and play that role uh, the way it's meant to be played. And so the visionary doesn't jump around them and get down into the, the organization and, and tamper a lot. And then it's also about protecting the integrator's role by not letting people jump around them and come up to the visionary, which they may be in the habit of doing and trying to get all their questions answered or decisions made or bring all their problems straight to the visionary. So no end runs is an important tool for us or an important rule for us. Number three is that the, you know, the integrator is the tiebreaker. So we really want to get in the habit of letting the integrator make the, the, the tough calls when different members of the leadership team can't agree. So a lot of times, and, and Chris, I know you've seen this, uh, you'll have a situation where sales says, hey, we got to go to the right. And ops says, no, 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 we got to go to the left. And they try as hard as they can to work that out and reconcile it. But at the end of the day, they just can't get to the, to the same place where they can agree. And so rather than let the leadership team and ultimately the company just be stuck there, we need somebody to make the call. And it turns out the integrator is typically in the best position to make that call because they're just closer to everything that's going on. So they make the call, they break the ties and, and let us keep moving down the road. Uh, number four of the five rules is that you're an employee when working in the business. So this is about anybody who's an owner, which a lot of times the visionary is, uh, setting that owner hat to the side and really wearing an employee hat when they're sitting in one of the seats in the business. And we want them to be sort of a role model for what we would want any employee sitting in that seat to, to play like and not pull this, you know, owner card out of their back pocket and throw it on the table anytime things aren't going exactly the way that they want or anytime that they want to bend the rules a little bit. So we want them to really play employee just like everybody else does when they're sitting in that seat. And then number five is about maintaining mutual respect in that visionary integrator relationship. Uh, so, uh, you know, they, they have to be peers on some level. So it's playing at the same eye level, right? So it's not that the, uh, the, the integrator is some, you know, uh, stooge that just does whatever the visionary asks or whatever they tell them to. They've actually got to be strong enough to kind of lean back on that visionary, push back where they need to, and be a good, a good counterpart that can match that visionary and that can have a good back and forth dialogue 
so they can act as a filter for the organization. They can they can protect them. A lot of times they're protecting the visionary from themselves, and that only works if the visionary really sees them as that uh, that valuable counterpart in this relationship. So those are the five rules. Uh, we can get into the five tools maybe a little bit later. Mark, around the because um, this gets asked a lot, right? Uh, clients with a, a VNI. Um, hey, Chris, how often should we have a same page meeting? What's your answer to that question? So the, the, the textbook answer or the rocket fuel book answer is every month. Uh, so what we want is at least once a month, they sit down together, they have that same page meeting and the commitment is we're going to lock ourselves in a room together, or I shouldn't say it that way. We're going to spend time together until we've worked through the list of whatever is on the list of things that we're either not on the same page on or things that we are concerned about being on the same page on. So sometimes that might take 45 minutes. Sometimes that may take all day. Uh, but ultimately when they walk out of that meeting once a month, the commitment is we're going to be on the same page about everything that we've identified and, and basically locked arm in arm as we go out into the organization again, presenting a unified front. So that's the prescription. Here's what I see in practice is some relationships do this uh, weekly or maybe even more than that. And, and I think particularly in an early, uh, recently formed relationship, I think that's great. I think that whatever you need to do out of the gate to really you know, get to that place where you, you, you ultimately are on the same page. And early on, as you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things to tie down in that regard. And so, you know, spend more time, do it more frequently. And then ultimately, once you kind of get up on that same page level, uh, then we just got to stay committed to it. You can't assume that you're on the same page. And one of the mistakes that I see people make there is they assume because I talk to you every day, we must be on the same page. Mm -hmm. And that's that's just not the same. Yeah, I, I, I pass you in the hall and say, hi, we don't talk about, you know, that thing that's really uncomfortable that uh, has been kind of in the back of my mind. Uh, so it's got to be a discipline to make sure that we're bringing that stuff up, putting it on the table and looking each other in the face and going, you know what, here's how I really feel about that. Here's how I really see it. Let's hear how you do. And let's decide, you know, where we're going to, where we're going to sit, where we're going to end up on this one. Growing a company is hard. Continuing to grow is even harder, especially for small companies. As marketing has become more complex, there's more to know, do, and measure with the same marketing dollars. Syrup is a brand and digital marketing agency exclusively for small companies. Their unique model gives you focus, confidence, and growth by prioritizing the right things and executing proven processes that drive revenue, build maturity, and increase customer lifetime value. This approach allows Syrup to guarantee the most effective use of your marketing capital. Whether it's crafting the right message or your audience, representing yourself visually, building world-class websites, or navigating the complexities of marketing, they exist to give you an edge. Visit their website at syrupmarketing.com. That's syrupmarketing.com. When we are teaching about the VI, when we talk about it, I think the statistic is that 50% of the companies that we work with overall have one person that sits in both of those seats as, as a VI. Um, I have a gut reaction to that and I want to test it with you and see if you agree or disagree. My gut reaction is that that is somebody who's not 
uh, willing to truly let go of the things that they need to let go of, or they're just too small of a company. Let's, let's remove the, they're just too small for a second. Okay. Are there people that are truly wired to sit in both of those and, and their unique ability can actually be both of those? Or is, is it a sign of, um, maturity may be too strong of a word. They're just not there yet in terms of letting go. Yeah, I, I would say uh, much more often it's the second. Uh, so are there people that are wired to be great visionaries and great integrators at the same time? And the answer is yes, question mark, but very few. <laughs> uh, right. And so the reality is much more like what you sort of opened with there, your gut reaction, which is much more likely they just haven't dealt with it yet. And, uh, you know, you opened with kind of a 50 percent stat. Uh, for, you know, half the companies have, uh, you know, have the same person sitting in both seats. And I, 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 I see that number, uh, shifting lower and lower. Mm-hmm. So I would say it's, you know, it, maybe, you know, in the universe out there, but of, of folks that, that I've worked with directly, you know, it's definitely a lot less than that. And one of the disciplines I think is really important there when you do the accountability chart is, you know, draw both seats. So, so draw a visionary seat and draw an uh, integrator seat because they definitely have different things inside them, right? Mm-hmm. And so you got to make that visible. you got to put it out there. And even if, you know what, out of the gate, the best answer is to put, you know, Scott in both of those seats because he's the best answer we've got for both. And, you know, Scott was the visionary, and so they're going to sit in the integrator seat too, and we don't really have anybody else that we seem like would be a better alternative then what we're going to see about Scott and what Scott's going to begin to see about himself as we go through this process of being accountable and, you know, doing LMA, leadership, management, right? As we start to really uh, embrace the discipline around that, what Scott's going to learn pretty soon and the leadership probably already knew is they're not very good at one of those. And it's probably the integrator seat. And so they're going to get frustrated by that. And that's going to be the kind of, uh, you know, burr under the saddle that may spur them to look more closely at it and go, oh, yeah, you know, we need to do something different mm-hmm. here. And when I, I say that and draw that out, because when we draw those things together into the same seat and we don't look at them separately like that, it's way easier for that stuff to hide. So that play, sense. play that perfect sense. Play that scenario to the next step. Scott, in our analogy, okay. uh, has yep. this epiphany that he's not going to be the integrator for the next phase of this company. <laughs> yeah. What now? Yep. What does he do? Because it's, I mean, this is like, we, we talk about a marriage, right? So you're, yep. there's, there's not a rocket fuel dating app that I'm aware of. So what does Scott do? So, so let's, let's talk about that. So, so the first one is, you know, recognize that that actually may not be the most important issue. Right. And, and so you, know, you guys have seen this. So we got, we may have a lot of people issues in the organization at that particular stage when they realize that. So you have to have all those things laid out, be disciplined about what's on that part of your issues list and prioritize. And and you've got to make that decision about, all right, you know, which one of these things, if we solved it would, would give us the most lift, would give us the, uh, the biggest multiplier effect would make the most pain go away. You know, however you're thinking about that. And at some point that integrator seat rises to the top or it rises to the top few where we actually begin to, to work to solve it. So, you know, from there, you know, we've got a, a seven-step process in the book that kind of walks a visionary through that. 
of, of what they need to do. And if you think about it, it's there's three big things going on here in, in what we would call kind of the rocket fuel formula uh, for how this all comes together. Think of it sort of in three phases. So phase one is to, to crystallize uh, your thinking about this this construct so you know they, they need to be clear on okay this is how the visionary integrator can work together uh they so they understand that on a level where they can embrace the idea and, and basically commit to yeah this is what i want to do so so then they're motivated to drive forward and and do the work second phase we call connection so connection is about all right and solving the exact problem you guys are, are asking about, which is how do I find one? How do I get them plugged in? And so that's where I would I would move to this seven step process in the book. But understand that the first four steps of that process are all about introspection. So they're all about that visionary look at themselves and really understanding themselves and their business in a way that they know what to look for. So you guys talked earlier about the two piece puzzle. This is about defining the visionary's edge of that two piece puzzle. Right. So I, if I know what this edge looks like, then great. I know what the, the complementary edge out in the world that I defined I needs to look like. Right. So I know what I'm looking for. And then they, then they go look for it. And then once they're connected, uh, then the third phase of this rocket fuel formula or this rocket fuel journey is, is maximizing that relationship because we talked about visionary integrator wired very differently. So left to their own devices, they're going to butt heads. There's going to be a lot of friction there. So that's where, you know, the five rules and five tools, that structure comes around that, wraps around that so we can blend that natural friction into something positive that's that powerful positive force that we want uh, to tap into that can really lift this company to a new level. So that's the, that's the big picture answer. Uh, you know, first step, getting clear they want it, which, you know, making it visible helps. Second step inside all that sort of leading into that, seven step connection process is they got to, you know, really look inside, understand themselves and, and figure out what that edge looks like. So they know what to go look for out there in the world. Mark, where does your passion come from around this VI? Is it, is it something right. from your past or help us understand? Cause clearly you're passionate about this. Yeah. So, so great, great question, Chris. And my answer would be, uh, a couple of things. So, so number one, I believe that entrepreneurs are the answer to some of the most significant problems that we face on the planet today. Uh, entrepreneurs make things happen. Entrepreneurs see things. Op entrepreneurs, you know, make make stuff move. They they you know connect things that were previously unconnected. Uh, you know, and they they do it in a way that's very uh, dynamic and creative and and impactful. So I see Visionary Integrator as a solution that can help more entrepreneurs be more successful. Mm -hmm. Because what I see a lot of entrepreneurs do, and I know you guys have seen this too, is they sort of rub their hands together and they go, oh, goody, I want to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to have all kinds of time. I'm going to make all kinds of money. I'm going to change the world. I'm going to have a lot of fun. And then you fast forward 12 months, 18 months, 24 months, and you take a, take a peek in on them. And, and what does their world look like? They look like they're, you know, in prison. They're working their tails off. They're not making any money. They're not making a difference. Uh, you know, they, they hate half the people they work with, right? So it, it all of a sudden they find themselves sort of stuck in this place that's nothing like what they signed up for. And so that's where, you know, I think EOS is part of the solve for that because that, that helps them get their business back on track to where they want it to go. And I think Visionary Integrator is a huge part of the solve for that because it's the whole – 
you know, as Dan, Dan Sullivan would say, it's the who problem. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we get, we get visionaries uh, that, you know, they, they get wrapped around the axle because they start trying to work on a how and the, the short, uh, you know, punchline for what they should be doing is, is working on the who don't, don't get stuck, you know, trying to wrestle the how, but find the who that can solve the how. So the integrator brings a whole set of skills, a whole set of capabilities that the visionaries just don't naturally have. Uh, so it can, it can help them make it happen. So that's, that really, that really drives it. And, you know, I would, I would sort of throw on top of that, Chris, you know, what drives everything I do is, uh, you know, I, I use the word freedom. Uh, and, and my belief is that everyone's definition of freedom is different. So, you know, the way you guys, if I was to walk you through a set of questions, the way you guys would answer those questions about what freedom looks like for you would be different than what mine would look like. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the same for every, every entrepreneur that's out there. You know, we talked about some biggies, which are maybe, you know, time and, and money and, 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 you know, relationships. So those are sort of in there, but there's some other things too. And, and so I think, again, this combination is a, is a supercharger uh, for a, a visionary entrepreneur to help them get to realizing, you know, whatever their unique freedom, their description of freedom looks right. like for them. Right. Mark, you tease us with the five tools. Love to jump back to those and uh, hear what those are. Cause they sound like they could be very helpful for anybody that's sitting in this seat right now. Yeah. So, so you, you know, your folks and your, and your listeners that are familiar with EOS, these are going to sound very familiar to you. So one, the accountability chart, we talked about that a little bit. That's number one. And, you know, I would argue that that's the most, uh, you know, powerful tool. So many of the issues that, that teams face are rooted in the fact they haven't really done the hard work around their accountability chart. They've kind of half done some of it. So they don't really know who owns that, or they're not really having them held accountable for it. So uh, that, that's clearly number one. The second is, you know, we call it in rocket fuel, the core questions and the core questions is about getting really clear on, you know, your vision, you know, where, you know, what are, what are your core values? Where do you want this thing to be, you know, 10 years from now, three years from now, what's your core focus? All those questions that uh, are going to sound really familiar to anybody who's implemented EOS. Third tool is this concept of the 90 day world. And, and recognizing that that's just the ideal length to really focus in on something that's big enough that it can really get you excited, but short enough that you can really stay committed to it uh, during the duration of that 90 days. And then you know, at the end of the 90 days, we start to feel the fray and we start to become disconnected. And so we bring it all back together again, reconnect, refocus, get clear again. And we just repeat that cycle every 90 days as we're kind of climbing each step along the, along the path here. So that's number three. Number four is the, is the weekly level 10. So it's getting that discipline amongst your, your leadership team for sure. And, and ultimately through the rest of the organization to, 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 to reconnect and, and refocus each week and, and uh, you know, get the information out there so you can see where the obstacles are, hold people accountable for how we're doing on those, those big priorities that we've set and then dive into anything that we're stuck on so we can get it unstuck and moving forward again. And then number five is the scorecard. So having those, those key measurables that we look at every week that let us over time begin to really listen and hear the system that's operating in our organization in a way that we can begin to recognize things that are not normal, whether it's not normal in a really good way 
or not normal in a really bad way. And then that can lead us to go, oh, okay, there's something there going on. That's not normal. Let's go ask questions. Let's go play detective and figure out what's up. And ultimately, that tool leads us to be able to identify issues sooner than we would have been able to see them if we hadn't didn't have that tool in place. We weren't watching that stuff. Mm, yeah. so those are the five tools. Nice. So, Mark Rockefeller, um, it blew up <laughs> very quickly, right? Bestseller. And tell us what are some of the new resources you now have for uh, visionaries and integrators. So it's really been fun to watch the rocket fuel community grow, right? So we put the book out there and people begin to resonate with the, with the concept and, and, you know, the word spreads. And so more and more people kind of get, get drawn, drawn together. So we have a number of different things that we've put out to try and support that community. You know, number one, there's a, a really uh, significant community on LinkedIn. So just the folks that have read the book and want to get together and connect and, and talk to each other. So that was kind of the first thing that started. It's really grown organically and gotten to be a, a nice size uh, interactive community. So that's out there. Uh, then we started looking at, all right, how can we provide more things that will really support and help whatever phase they are in that rocket fuel journey or that rocket fuel formula that I kind of talked about. So we, we built something called the Integrator Academy. And the Integrator Academy is really the place that anybody who's an integrator uh, that wants to be truly great uh, needs to go. And so the, the first offering that we have there is a, the Integrator Academy Masterclass. And it basically builds on some work that we did in a, a live uh, single day forum where we would bring uh, you know, a room full of integrators together and really uh, work intensively with them to show them what great integrators look like and then work issues uh, that, that were, you know, live issues that that group was experiencing at that point in time. So we brought that into the online world so that we can reach more people, right? So the, the Integrator Academy Masterclass uses that same content, but now we can work with folks from, you know, all over the country, again, kind of all over the world. We've got people regularly from, you know, I'd say five plus continents in every cohort that we launch of that class, which wow. is kind of fun. Yeah. And so we, it's a phase learning model. So they get a dose. They dive into the videos, they learn it, study it, and then I'll have a, uh, a live uh, Q&A call on Zoom, and they'll tune in, and they'll boom, boom, boom. They'll throw, throw their questions out, and we'll answer them. And it's, sometimes it's me answering. Sometimes it's somebody else in the class that's sharing an, an experience. Uh, you know, Sometimes people can't make the call. They'll send their question in ahead of time. So super interactive, super uh, high level of learning that goes on there. So that's, that's something that's out there that I'd, I'd love for your community to know about to take advantage of when it makes sense. And so we're going to start adding to that. We'll start adding other courses uh, just kind of along that path, uh, you know, really focused on, on integrators because we know the visionary experience is they, they identify with themselves in the book Rocket Fuel. They identify with that integrator role. And then they, their next question is, great, how do I get one? Mm. Kind of like you guys asked. Yeah. And so you know, we're committed to putting some resources out there to, to help uh, identify and, and really create more great integrators so that we can you know, help get them matched up with these visionaries that want and need uh, great integrators to help them make their vision happen. Mark, this time has flown by, and I know that somebody out there in Tractionville now has that longing for that integrator. And I know that somebody who has one got a little bit challenged because they probably weren't doing it quite right. So, 
Uh, thank mm. you. We love to end with these two questions. So the first one, it's five, it's four fifty-five on a Friday afternoon. How do you personally know you had a good week? Yes. Yeah, so the, the question that runs through my mind is, is pretty simple. And it's how many people did I help this week? Mm. And, and that, that, you know, it, it echoes back to your question about my passion and why I love entrepreneurs so much is because I know they help so many people. Right. And so if I can help them just a little bit, then I know that, that they and their team and their company is going to go out there and, and ripple through the, through the world and, and just multiply that. So, you know, every, every day, every week, I'm, I'm hoping that I help, help some folks. And you do. Second question. If you were given a keynote to the Tractionville audience, which you are right now, and you have one minute to wrap up, what do you share? So Tractionville, I want you to think about what your personal freedom really looks like. And, and don't take somebody else's, don't let somebody else tell you it needs to look like this or that. But I want you to get clear on, you know what, if my world looked like this, uh, I would really love it. And, and if you get that clarity on, on what you really want, that's going to help you focus on the stuff that you really need to do. And ultimately, that's going to help you achieve and realize and enjoy the freedom that you want and the freedom that you all deserve. Mm-hmm. Mark Winters, you have just laid the gauntlet. Tractionville, don't come back next week until you've done that homework. That was one of the hardest uh, but most powerful questions that I had to answer in my journey. And Mark, uh, where can our community find you? Where should they go? Right. So the the easiest thing to remember is markcwinters.com. So if you go to markcwinters.com, it'll lead you to anything and everything that, that, that we've got going on. Uh, whether it's Rocket Fuel Now or, or you know, any, the Integrator Academy, some of my other projects that we you know, we haven't talked about today. So markcwinners.com and really that same uh, you know brand you can find on any of the socials. So Twitter handle is at markcwinners on LinkedIn, markcwinners. So it's just kind of just remember that middle name or Mark C. Winters and you ought to be able to find it. Doesn't get any easier than that. Perfect. It'll be in the show notes. (laughs) Tractionville, thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you rate us, subscribe, and as always, share with a friend. We would love to also hear your ideas. You can share them with us at TractionvillePodcast.com. And we release an episode every Tuesday. So we'll see you next week for Tractionville Tuesday. Tractionville.